chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Before we get started, I want to say that we had a wonderful men's prayer time this afternoon. We had uh, 20 to 25. I didn't count exactly, but we had a good good number of men that came out and we had a good time praying together, even though it was 130 degrees in the conference room. We only lost two guys during our prayer time, so that wasn't too bad. And they were just sleeping, so it was. we woke up when we were done and got him a cold drink. No, we did. We had a good time together and it was rather warm back there, but we showed perseverance. (laughs) Matthew chapter six. Um, I wanted to challenge you tonight. Uh, We have been, uh, you have probably noticed by now, uh, having more opportunities for prayer times, um, men's prayer times, uh, ladies revival prayer times, and then uh, praying on Sunday nights together. So I just wanted to challenge you tonight in Um, in your prayer life to take advantage of these times. And so we're going to be looking at the the subject of prayer. Matthew chapter 6, begin reading in verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's just have a word of prayer. Lord, as we open up your word, I'm thankful tonight that it is your word. It's not um, a book written by Uh, by ideas of men, but it is your word. Thank you that it is true. Lord, thank you that we can open it tonight and look to it for guidance, for strength, for encouragement, and for challenging. Help us to be obedient to what we find. We just ask that you would guide us through your word as we look to it now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to be looking at this subject of prayer, and I came across this story, and I'm I don't know if it is a true story or not, but there was this was a while ago. There was a bar that was being built in a town that was previously dry and a group of Christians got together deciding that they needed to do something about it. The only thing that they could decide was um, they said, We're, we are going to begin to pray for this. And uh, as construction began and they they built the bar uh They had all night prayer meetings that God would intervene. Well, during those prayer meetings one night, lightning struck the building and burnt it to the ground. The bar owner knew that the Christians had been praying about this and filed a lawsuit against the Christians, claiming they were responsible. The Christians hired an attorney themselves, claiming they were not responsible And when it went to court, the judge said, no matter how this case comes out, we know one thing. One thing is very clear. 
One, the bar owner believes in prayer and the Christians do not. (laughs) And I don't know if that's a true story or not, but I thought it was rather amusing. It does show it does show uh, we're not responsible. We didn't do that. Well, as we look to Matthew chapter six, um, we're just going to go through four questions tonight. Uh, We're going to look at four questions and starting out, I want to look when should we pray? When should we pray? Turn over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. In looking at our prayer life, when is it uh, that we should pray? And I think we probably all know the answer to this. But in Romans chapter 12 and verse 12, he says, Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer or being constant in prayer. Now, here he is not referring to that we are every minute of every day that we have, we are to be, have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and we ought to quit everything else and just be praying all day long. No, what this means here, the word constant means here, is to be persistent in prayer. Um, Meaning, stay at it. Be devoted to it. Don't give up or slack off. It is to be a habit, um, not just, oh, well, I, I guess I better pray. It's, it's what I always do at this time. But it is supposed to be no different than eating or sleeping or doing your job. We are to look at it as the same. We are continuing. We are being constant in prayer. In other words, Paul is saying here, Make prayer a regular part of your everyday. Be disciplined in it. It's not to be used in filling the cracks if you have a little bit of free time or what many, many of us do of when a need arises, then if it's bad enough, we'll pray. Or if we get the column all and we actually remember to stop and pray, we'll pray. No, it is to be, we are to be constant in it. It is supposed to be a disciplined part of our life. We are to, it's supposed to be a habit. Now, in looking at this, look at your, your prayer life. Examine your prayer life in looking at it this way. Is it, a, is it a daily part of my life? And not just praying over meals, but is it something that I am, that I am persevering in? Is it something that I am staying at? Or is it something that um, when I think about it, then I will begin to pray, but then I quickly lose that again. But we are to, in Romans 12, we are to be uh, constant in prayer. Uh, You're familiar with 1 Thessalonians 5.17 where he says, Pray without ceasing. That it is not to be uh, shooting up flares. It's not just going before God. But we are to daily be going before him. In our um, text in Matthew chapter 6, in the Lord's Prayer, he says, Give us this day our daily bread, showing the, the daily aspect of it. Um, so it's not just crying out to God when we need something. It is to be part of our life. Uh, we don't often forget to go a day without eating, do we? Unless we're sick, we most of us probably don't just, oh, man, did I eat yesterday? I can't remember if I ate. 
No, we it is a habit. We know that we we need to eat and sometimes we don't need to and we eat anyways. But is our prayer life the same? Do we did I pray yesterday? Did I not pray? No, it should be part of our everyday and are not crying out to God and not making him a daily part is just a sign of pride in our life. I think that I can do it uh, when I need something. I'll go and ask for help. But otherwise, I got this under control. So starting out, when should we pray? It should be part of of every day, a major part of it. And if we just say, I'll pray when I have time to, most of us will never get around to it. We need to put it put it in our day schedule, take something out if we have to so that we can spend time in prayer. So when should we pray? But then where should we pray? Look back in Matthew chapter six. And Jesus is teaching, he says, when you pray, don't be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing out there so that men can see them so that they may get the approval of men. Um, But when you pray, enter into thy closet and shut the door and your father will see you. Now, Jesus is not saying that there is not a time for um, praying together in a group like we did today as men. Um, In verses five and seven, the Greek pronoun you here is actually plural. And in verse six, it is singular, showing that there are times for private prayer that God sees. But there are also times for public prayer. There are times that we are to gather together in the book of Acts. They gathered together to pray together. Now, the point of this that Jesus is, is teaching is not where we pray, but it is the priority that we are placing on it. If we are praying in public so that others see us and uh, they they approve. Oh, look at that person. They must be really spiritual. Look at them, them praying. Then we have it all wrong. It is not the point where we are praying, but the point of our praying. Are we doing it to seek after God or are we doing it for the approval of men? So where should we pray? In in all places, if our heart is right before God. So then why should we pray? Well, we could make this list incredibly long, but we're not going to tonight. A couple of things. Why should we pray? First and foremost, to get to know God. We know God through reading his word, through learning of him there, but then also spending time in prayer with him. You know, it's it's interesting in our in our prayer time together. And this is, I think, one of the important things of praying together with others is God brings things to their mind and is working in their life in a different way than he is working in yours. So you get to hear how um, when someone else prays, how God is working in their life and the burdens that they have. And you can share in that and it can be a challenge to you and it can help give you a bigger picture of God by praying together and going before him. We know that in life, we do not get to know other people unless we spend time with them. Um, Even uh, Sadie was back to visit. Even talking to someone over the phone is not the same as it is spending time with them personally. And you, when you you have that much distance, you, you lose some connection with them. Um, and it's the same with God. When we are not spending time in prayer with him, we don't know him. We don't have the closeness to him. And that's then when 
the fear of other things start to creep into our hearts. But we should pray to get to know God. And, and James tells us that if anyone lack wisdom to ask of God, we pray to get wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when we are going to him in prayer, we have the fear of the Lord in our lives. But then we also see that we should be praying. Part of that is to meet needs that give us this day our daily bread. Meeting needs is the aspect of prayer that I think we all grasp. The aspect that we all have under control of going before him and when we have needs, when we have burdens, taking them before him. And that's that's the part that we all we all get. It's the getting wisdom and, and seeking to know God that we struggle with. But then we should go to him in prayer to receive daily strength. We cannot respond the way that we should when circumstances arise. We we cannot um, be the follower of Christ that we should without going to him in prayer, without having a a vibrant prayer life. So then we look, well, how should we pray and look back in Matthew chapter six? And Jesus says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When he, he says, here's, let me give you an example to follow. We should start and begin our prayers with worship of God. By praising him, by worshiping him, because he is worthy. Saying, you know what, I'm not making this about me. I want to praise you because you are worthy. And in our men's prayer time today, we said, let's start out by by just giving thanks to God, by praising him. And what a blessing that that is. It gets my focus off me and puts it on God where it should be. But he said, how should we pray? Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Praise your name. I'm, I'm worshiping you. I'm shifting my focus on you and giving thanks for who you are and for what you are. But then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come praying for the advancement of God's cause or God's kingdom. Once again, we're still the focus in all of it is on God. It's not my will be done here um, in Sheraton. My will be done in my house. Uh, make everyone know my will and do it. No, your will be done Your kingdom come. So it is placing the priority and praying for the advancement of God's cause and God's kingdom. When when we pray your will be done, it is aligning our wills to God's. And I think many times we we throw this at the end of a prayer, um, hoping that then God will see that. And they're praying according to my will. Well, we're not going to fool God. You know, we say, could I, could this or so do such and such and your will be done? Like we just tack that on the end of our prayer. No, this is to be a time of aligning, making sure that our will is in line with his. It also brings in a sense of humility. Um, all of these should. It's not about me. It's all about him. Acknowledging that to see his will done not only around me, but also in my own life. As you look in, at your prayer life, 
Does this look similar to your prayer life? Do you start out by giving thanks to God? Do you start by focusing on him and on his will and praying for his the advancement of his kingdom? And then it isn't until verse 11 where we see that he says, then we pray, give us this day our daily bread. It's still a continual dependence on God, knowing that all of our needs are met from God. In Matthew chapter 6 that, that we mentioned this morning, where in verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all of, your, all of these things, food, shelter, clothing, water, will be added unto you. But it's after we seek God, knowing that everything comes from him. And he closes this by saying, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Looking to not harboring anything against another. I have confessed. I have sought forgiveness and not not holding any grudges against others. So I want to you to think. In this passage, he says, pray to God, not for others. Don't don't be a hypocrite. The, the hypocrites love to pray out in the open so everybody sees them. It's not about where you're praying, but it's about your purpose in your prayer. Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it for others or are you doing it to get to know God? He also says, don't use vain repetition. It's not about how many times you say something. If you hit the 1000 mark, then God will will cash in your prayer and give it to you. Don't use vain repetition. And most importantly, pray according to God's will. So I want to challenge you with this. Does your prayer life match up with this? Is it is it a part of your every day or is it something that you are reminded of off and on throughout the day? Or is it something that if it went missing, you would recognize it? And are you are you taking the time to seek God's will and know it? Let's pray. And then we I want us to uh, we're going to divide up into just gather into groups. And we want to take a few minutes to actually spend time praying together. We want to close our service by uh, spending time praying together, putting into practice uh, some of these things. And hopefully, if you're not already started in it, starting our prayer life, we want to encourage all of us in, in the, our prayer lives that a year from now, we can look back and say, look how much my closer I've gotten to God through my time in prayer with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you desire to spend time with us. That is, that is um, so surprising that you would desire to spend time with us. And we're so grateful that, that you tell us to come boldly to your throne. Lord, help us to make um, our prayer a vital part of our day, that it wouldn't just be something that we, right before we go to sleep, we say a prayer, or before a meal we say a prayer, but that it would be um, the same as eating and, and sleeping and working, that it would be a part of, of every day. Lord, I thank you that as we seek you, that we will find you and that we will know you more. We love you, Lord, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.